Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. My talkers, it is Tuesday, 3 o'clock, and a beautiful, beautiful day at that. We're sitting at 80 degrees, you guys, and Lori and Julie are here to make it even better. And some cool news about a live event you guys got coming up, right, guys? Oh, my gosh. Well, yes, we have the go-ahead to tell people about yes, this. Yes, we it's do. Kind of, it's really kind of a... We've never done anything like no. this before. It's J Book Club live mm-hmm. from the Book Club restaurant on... Um, Tuesday night, October 27th. It's two weeks from today. Yes. And um, our special guest, our first guest is Lorna Landvig. Um, She's a new book coming out in December. We haven't had a new book from her for a while. The last one was Chronicles of a Radical Hag, which we just loved. And she's a humorist and she's funny and it'll just be such a delightful. It's a free evening, but it's also a benefit for Tubman, mm-hmm. and if people want to bring a donation, they can, but you do need to send an email to save your spot because there is limited space. Right. Um, to um, We posted a link on the Lori and Julia show page, and it is mo at bartmangroup.com, but it's all listed there. And yeah. we posted on Lori and Julia's sh- okay, um, Facebook page. It's on Book, um, Book Club Restaurant Instagram. It'll be on ours, but... That's kind of fun. Yeah, very fun. fun. We haven't done a uh, book event, and now we've got um, a book club restaurant, and that restaurant is so good. Nice. Oh, yeah. It's really fun. That'll be fun. Anyway, yeah, two weeks from today, and today is my Mutti's birthday. Is it? I I didn't know that. Yeah, well, normally I'm in, in Seattle with her. But we had a change of plans. Go Mooty. Going to Vegas. Same day as Lewis's, our nephew. Uh-huh. Oh, is he going to Vegas? No, his birthday's, oh, birthday's today. today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a no, girlfriend he... who's the 11th, a yeah. nephew, and then my mom are all. Oh, Mooty. Yeah. I have. I don't have that on my calendar. Yes. Right. Yes. She, she sent me a text. I'm worried about Verlander pitching against the Mariners for Houston, but. She said, and I feel old today, and I've shrunk and lost weight, and I don't have any clothes for Vegas. Oh. Happy birthday to me. Sounds I'm like old. you're going with me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have no clothes. Except can't. the weather is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Just wait. No, no. Just wait. Something could happen. Oh, no. It's 90. Oh. 90. Oh. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be near, really wow. nice. Yeah. Well, that's sad news about Angela oh, Lansbury. She really... You know what? She died in her sleep. Which is wonderful. Five days short of her 97th birthday. If the world should have a two-week mourning period, it's for that. Uh, uh, eight decades. Yeah. Yeah. What a life. Just shy of 97 years. You kind Amazing. Of, you kind of feel like everybody from multiple generations has touched her or knows about her. Either it's her voice is Mrs. Potts and Beauty and the Beast. That's right. Or her amazing work on Broadway. She was still traveling, Lori, in 2014. They revived Blythe Spirit in 2013. She was touring in Australia for Driving Miss Daisy. I mean, she worked up. She just got a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Tonys this year. Yeah. So, well, she gave an interview um, in 2018 where she said, I want to play real women. I don't want to play stereotypes. I want to play intelligent, smart ladies who happen to be 80 or 90 or whatever. They simply don't write them. 
I would say that's a big mistake in our society. And of course, you know, Mrs. Fletcher. Mrs. Fletcher, mm-hmm. I know it. And so here she was nominated, I want to say for like uh, 18 Emmys, 18 never Emmys. won for Murder, She Wrote, but she won five Tonys. I think, didn't she win a couple Oscars? She, uh, yes, yeah. Well, she was nominated. I guess I don't know. She was nominated for three Oscars and 18 Emmys. Um, but I don't know. She won an Academy Award, Laura, yeah. for her film in 1944's Gaslight and 1945's The Picture of Dorian Gray. Wow. And like you said, it was before the 20s were even invented. Mm-hmm. And people might have known her. I remember like the Disney movie Bedknob and Broomsticks, you know, which we kind of watched in the 70s. It was a Disney field, um, feel good movie kind of. It was fun. But Murder, She Wrote, 12 seasons yeah, that's such a long time. her husband was the executive producer her husband also was an interesting guy she was married twice but the first one was only one year this the second one peter shaw he was um under he was worked for william morris really at the beginning of time and represented katherine hepburn and robert mitchum did they stay married they stayed married till the end and he passed in 03 Okay, wow, she's been without him for a long time. Yeah, they were married and oh, here we they go. have kids. Remember? This yes. is the old oh, theme. Yeah. This goes on. Oh, yeah. There were, okay, 12 seasons, 264 episodes, 286 murders, 1,400 guests, and I was looking at the guests. It was kind of like the love boat had all the guests in the 80s, kind of like, what's your crime story thing you watch that has all the special oh, Law guests? Law and Order. Law and Order has special mm-hmm. guests now. But in the 90s and the 80s, it was, it was Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. So George Clooney, Megan Mullally, Jerry Stiller, Cynthia Nixon, um, Courtney Cox, Joaquin Phoenix. Everybody. Everybody was on wow. that show. So anyway. Yeah, geez. Well, the morning shows will do a recap of her tomorrow. life tomorrow. I'm sure we'll revisit it. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a good, good um, she, to die at home in her Beverly Hills mansion. And, you know, she was the dame. She was yes. by Queen Elizabeth. She was born. Dame Angela Lansbury. Yes. Can you, I don't know what that is. What is it that? It just means you, she, she was, it's like the equivalent of being knighted. Oh, cool. But yeah. for Love women. It. But, yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Sweet. And she was a dame. She People was are posting some of the fun things that she did on Broadway with like B. Arthur. Mm. Um, and, you know, she just. Gypsy, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, she was Mame. in so many She was in so many. She was recently. Nanny McPhee movie, Mr. Popper's Penguins, Mary Poppins Returns. I mean, she has been, touched so many people's lives and yeah. always lovely and ready to go. That's right. Okay. Three kids, three grandchildren. Miss hmm. Angela Lansbury uh, leaves behind. All right, listen, um, we come back. Um, it's our story we can't get enough of. The bromance that people just cannot get enough of, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, who have been in maybe two movies together. I'm not sure for sure. In Bruges is one of their uh, better known movies, but they um, are also in a new movie called The Banshees of Inisherin, which is going to be at the Twin Cities Film Fest. Yes, it is. And it's from the director, writer of Three Billboards, and he also wrote In Bruges, Martin McDonough. Did you ever McDonough? see that movie? Three Billboards? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The hard movie. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. 
But they star in this movie together, and um, they're going to be on Seth Meyers tonight. Last night, they were on the Colbert Show, and they come out together. And, of course, Colin uh, showed um, up at SNL for Brendan this weekend, and it is supposed to be an incredible uh, movie. It's in theaters October 21st, if you don't see it at the Twin Cities Film Festival. But here they are. Um, with Stephen Colbert talking about being at the Venice Film Festival. It premiered at the Venice Film Festival. Right. It got one of the longest standing ovations. This is the thing they do for people who don't know. It got a 15-minute standing ovation. What's that like? I mean, three minutes of tiring. Anything. Really? Tiring. What do you do for leave. 15 minutes? I tried to leave at about the seventh minute, I think, yeah. was when... When my ego felt good enough that I'd had enough. <laughs> the tank And was I tried full. to leave, and they said, you can't leave until, until everyone stops clapping. Yeah. Uh, I was mortified, frankly, about, uh, yeah. you know, in around the same time it started to get, this was amazing, it is amazing, and what was lovely was that it was all heart, you could feel it, you know, there were subtitles on the movie, now, maybe some of the guys could have done with some subtitles, but it, it's, this was going into Italian, and they were laughing and kind of responding as it was going on, so the, the ovation felt heartfelt. But after a while, enough, you know, I mean, it's okay, lads, off the, you can let you off the hook. That's when we started around. going down and doing and signing autographs, and I was told that that was breaking the <laughs> f- rules as well. You're not allowed to, you just have to take it. Yeah, but then we looked across at Martin McDonough, and he said, yeah, I love it, I love it. He couldn't get enough of it, and he, he well, knew. Well, of course not, he's not the guy acting, this is his time to shine, Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. The yeah, directors exactly. all he said feel today, like, we did a photo the directors shoot. are always going, this is all me anyway. <laughs> we did a photo shoot yeah. today, and he was doing Major Blue Steel, and he said the exact same thing himself, he was giving it all that, and he said, well, it's the only time I get to. I get to pose. <laughs> anyway, they're so cute together, and I guess this is like a... Well, like many, you know, um, it's going to be a dark Irish comedy, but it is about friendship. In the, awesome. They, they mm-hmm. kind of said last night when they were sitting there that In Bruges, their first movie, probably 10 years ago now at least, at least yeah. um, is about becoming friends and great friendships. And this is about kind of breaking up friend, a friendship that's kind of breaking yeah. up. It, lo- it looks so great. It I looks, love these two together. And they swear and their Irish accents get thicker. The more they talk, so they're going to be on Seth Meyers tonight. I mean, the first clip that Colbert posted, it was just, uh, you know, it it was getting bleeped right and left by CBS. And I just want to give a shout out to Brendan Gleeson because he's he's fantastic, I think, in everything he does. But he's plays he's in Mr. Mercedes, that Stephen King uh, TV series. That's on some weird spot. Where was that again? Uh, it might have been on Epics or something. Yeah. But but he's you quite, loved that. I, lo- I love that show. I just I guess I love both these actors, oh. and I'm so happy that they're doing a movie together. And the other happy news that I heard about today, courtesy of Jason's TV show. Oh, this is great. Is that uh, fellow Canadian mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds has long talked about how John Candy is his biggest inspiration, and he and Colin H- Hanks are making a John Candy documentary with the blessing of uh, John's family. And um, of course, John Candy is also a Canadian icon. And I was just thinking of the scene in Plane, Trains, and Automobile when he and Steve Martin wake up together. And- <laughs> Just looking at it. I'm and looking for just, the scene and he right says, now. Oh, I've got my hand between two pillows. And, you know, just Steve Martin jumps up. Those are two pillows. They're in the bed together. That is such a funny movie. And he's just so funny. And he I guess. He was so just great. funny. And Uncle Buck. And 
And he just, even seeing him on screen is just the way he held his body. He'd make you smile and laugh. I I love this. And Ryan Reynolds, he previously produced and narrated a documentary called The Whale about this killer whale named Luna who ended up befriending people around Vancouver's island, Nootka Sound. He did a documentary about that. And Colin Hanks, Tom's son, has... uh, uh, has an upcoming documentary around Michael Jackson's thriller, and he also produced this uh, TV film called Say Hey Willie Mays. So they're both, it's like a an act of, a documentary of love. So I we don't know when this is coming out or anything, but... Oh, um, cannot wait. Cannot wait, and it seems like uh, it's been a long time, long. and... I mean, you know, it's been a long time since he's died, but oh. it's kind of amazing there hasn't That's, been that there hasn't been anything. Any, he right. was such an influence on comedy and everything. Well, him and who was the other guy from Wisconsin, the chubby guy that died? Oh, Chris Farley. There isn't yeah. anything on him, is there? Well, there's been something. Have, there, has have been there? Some yeah, things. there has been some, but not fully. Um, but John Candy had a heart attack. Yeah, yes. um, Chris Farley years had old. a drug overdose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. Yeah, what are you saying? One deserves a no, thing. No, not at all. I was saying? just, I was just yeah. describing the, their different deaths, Lori. There yeah. was no judgment in it. Okay, no, all right. just wanted to no, you give can, you a backhole to get well, out of that one. No, because I didn't have any judgment. I'm just was remembering. Yeah. Okay. So, but Ryan on, uh, he was on my next guest needs no introduction with David Letterman, and he also on that interview waxed poetic about his love for John Candy. Growing up, including how he placed a small tribute to John Candy in Deadpool in the form of the erotic book Candy's character Del Griffith was reading. Oh, that's awesome. I had no idea. Uh-huh. Very cool. Yeah. Very so. cool. Here's that quick little scene oh, from okay. Planes Trains. Del. Oh. Oh. Why did you kiss my ear? Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Uh, So anyway, and then the other news, which is, uh, Julia, you were one of the, um, oh, I don't know, half a million people that bought Jessica Simpson's uh, memoir open book. Mm -hmm. And um, John Stamen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Most and Catlin Tarver are going to star in Amazon, you know, freebie. That's their mm-hmm. free, a half-hour scripted pilot inspired by Jessica's best-selling memoir. So he'll be Nick Lachey. And she'll be Jessica. It's a little bit different than the book. It's it's 
being described as a music-soaked coming of age. And it's um, being done by the guy who gave us billions. He's director director and executive producing. And um, so it'll be this pop star rise from ingenue to model. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely the Caitlin Tarver. And then John Samos plays a guy named Butch, a once pretty... And young singer-songwriter on top of the world. And then he went through too many divorces, too many drinks, and he fell from grace. And he's attracted to Sadie, and they make an intent uh, connection, but they're supposed to be writing songs together. And Jessica's executive producing Yeah. This. So okay, it's just, yeah, that is not quite Nick exactly. Lachey. Yeah, but Nick Lachey was older than yeah, her, yeah, he and was. he was kind of not. She was a big true, rising star, and he was kind of failing a little bit. Right, right. Um, she really. It's just that he's so much older. Yeah, that that's a little different in this one. But yeah, I loved that book. You know, that book sold a half a million copies in 14 weeks in 121 countries, and it was the highest grossing memoir from a female entertainment personality in history at its debut. Isn't that something? Yeah. I'm thinking of the ones like I just read Molly Shannon's. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, Selma Blair. Okay. Um, Kelly Ripa. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one stuck out to me. Jessica Simpson and Molly Shannon's is just a little bit above those. It's just really great books. Yeah. Um, well, she, Jessica signed a deal with Amazon in 2020 to produce different things. Right, I'm still worried that she spent all that money buying back her brand, the Jessica Simpson brand. I think think she can afford it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Because she was the first person to license her name. Yes. Really. I mean, she's a a pioneer in a lot of things. And we know Caitlin from The Secret Life of the American Teenager, Ballers, and Famous in Love. She was one of the friends. Okay. All right, cool. And and she's a singer-songwriter for real, too. So anyway, so that's kind of exciting. Yes. In the world of Hollywood and TV. Yes. All yes, right. Yes, yes. Well, Julia, we have a very special guest yes, coming we in do. the studio. Stay with us. Welcome back to My Talk 1071. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, we are delighted. We have we have a legend in our yes, studio with us. Nancy Nelson. <laughs> do is, you know how long you have to live to, to be, be referred to as a legend? How long? I, is there a date? I walked the earth with the dinosaurs. No, Why don't we just leave it I at that? I think you get legend status when you have been... Are in the Broadcasters Hall of Fame. That's right, Nancy. You have legendary status. And uh, you and Don Shelby are starring at, in at the Chan Hassan, and it's a two-character play called Love Letters. I'm so excited about this that Michael Brindisi, our artistic director, and of course one of the owners, uh, we had talked about it before COVID, and then it kind of went by the wayside. And then, of course, Don had some health issues, which are perfectly publicly mm-hmm. known, mm-hmm. and um, an extensive recovery from that. And so it just sort of lingered out there. And then Michael said a little while ago, what do you think? Is Don ready? I, Don, what do you think? I'm ready, Nelson. And so um, we're going to do Love Letters in a capsule. It's one of the most beautiful little plays I've ever been involved with. I did it two seasons running with my husband, Bill. Obvious mm-hmm. Bill, Bill Carlson, Carlson from yes. WCCO TV. Billy and I did it many years ago. Did you do it at the Log Ca- uh, yeah, Theater? You're right. Uh-huh. And, and what's so wonderful... For me at this juncture, Don is a dear old friend. Don came to WCCO in the late 70s. Um, My husband was already working there. So we have known Don through all these years. And this this iconic giant 
in the news business is this charming, lovely, loyal, kind, decent person. Um, when my Billy passed, Don was one of the first through the door. Mm-hmm. Um, he spoke at Billy's memorial. So to have the stage with Don Shelby, we're sort of full circle. Yeah. And we took publicity photos a couple of weeks ago. And typical of Don, he walked in and he said, Nance, thanks for letting me step into the role Billy did with you. I'm honored. Oh, that's <laughs> but so that's, sweet. that's the kind of man oh, yeah. Don yeah. Shelby is. I'm talking too much. I'll capsulize love no, letters. You are, All right. No, you aren't. Love Letters is a Pulitzer Prize winning play. It goes back many, many years, and it is simply two people. And it's different than what people are used to seeing because they come out on stage, they sit at separate tables, they never look at one another, and they proceed to read letters they have written to each other through 50 years. Mm. The first letter is, Dear Andy, my mother said I had to write you and thank you so much for this stupid princess <laughs> gift you gave me. They're grade schoolers in, in school and they're children of privilege. And then they write through the adolescent years. And I got sent off to boarding school. And well, I, I, did, I drank at boarding school, so I'm being shipped off to another one. And they get married. There is a divorce. There are children that are good and troubled. Mm-hmm. And through it all... Um, they, they never marry. They are briefly together, very briefly. But when we get to the end, we've lived with them for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And what we learn is they have been the only constant in one another's lives and how deeply they love one another. Oh. That, that journey is funny. It is emotional. It brings tears to your eyes. It makes you laugh. And um, we're only doing four shows. I, oh, know that I want shows. I like right now want to give people the website because you're going to want to see this. ChanhassenDT.com. And there's two Wednesday afternoon performances mm-hmm. on November 9th and 13th and two Sunday evenings, November 16th and 20th. The matinees are up at 1. The uh, evening show on Sundays is up at 6.30. I you like know, these hours, you I, guys. I, I do, and, and, you know, so we met you, was it just last year? Uh, you know, I wonder if it wasn't pre-COVID, because, of course, you I come out to Chan Hesley every year, year. Yes. and you broadcast from yes. our wonderful Fireside Theater. And right. I was so excited. Chris Howland, our promotion director, yes. Chris said to me, Nancy, Laurie and Julie are here. And, oh, my gosh, I made a beeline because I had never had the chance to meet you before. And I just want everybody to know, they live up to whatever you think about. Oh, <laughs> they just live oh, up gosh. to it. And you are the greeter MC at Chan Hassan Dinner Theater. So you introduce the shows and you make people feel comfortable. And if someone's having a birthday, you mention it. I mean, you just do and such a great job. people feel like they know you. You've I done mean, come on. You've, infomercials. You've done TV forever. You're a legend. <laughs> you have legendary status. You've done theater. Okay, but you did say, because we were just saying about Angela Lansbury mm-hmm. passing away today. Mm-hmm. And you said, you two shot an infomercial once we did in 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 one of the iterations of my career from talk shows to news to stage of course infomercials i had the great privilege infomercials took off for us i say us billy and me and um ms lansbury uh was obviously the principal and i was hired in it was a uh, kind of a not do it yourself but an uplifting you can do it 
product. And as often would happen, these shows get shot, they go into test, and if test doesn't give them skyrocket numbers they want, then it never rolls out internationally. And unfortunately, that did not. But you can imagine um, being a person from the stage and television and everything she mm-hmm. did to be told that I was going to do a show with Angela oh my God. and 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 you you don't want to do anything wrong and you're so excited and you don't want to look stupid like oh there's that woman fawning but she was so gracious she was so dear she was so kind and at one point this accomplished woman looked at me and said you know Nancy I'm very familiar with your track record track record with infomercials and i've never done one so today i'm gonna follow you you tell me what to do oh Oh, my god why were you so good at infomercials is it because people felt they knew you you know um everybody has a different um way they broadcast and of Mm -hmm. course i spent my whole career on television Mm -hmm. and i got what i believe to be very very good advice very early on from someone who mentored me you talk about an a television legend, and of course gone for decades now, Mel Jass. Oh, I love Mel. And I had my first TV show when I was in high school. And I met Mel, and then he took me under his wing, and he made a world of difference for me. I would stand in the studio, and I would watch him, and I would realize I'm at television college now. I Mm -hmm. just watched him. And I said something to him one day about, they love you. And he turned and he looked at me, and he said, Nancy, always give them you. Never pretend to be something else because they'll catch you. Give them you and trust them. Yeah. And the great thing about that is it makes it easier. The difficult thing about that is if you really don't create a persona for television, as some people do, what you're doing is giving them you. And if the ratings go down or they don't tune in, they have rejected you right right there's no script for you it's a little personal oh yeah what amazing advice and it's just done me well so i think when i looked into the camera and said hey you know Mm -hmm. um they believed me because i was just talking with them and it's interesting so were infomercials before like qvc qvc uh, infomercials yes yes Yes. before it and did you ever want to do qvc stuff or i you know the stuff here shop Evine or or any of that you know um i was i was a guest on a lot of them uh, Uh because of course because of infomercials people would call and say can you get my product in a qvc so i carried hundreds of products into qvc and then billy and i built a few of our own lines Mm -hmm. and manufactured our own stuff for qvc um I would have loved to have been a host on the air at QVC because I love that stuff, except I didn't want to live in Philadelphia. Before infomercials began, and the reason I got the jump to infomercials was I was anchoring news in L.A., and I was commuting home to Billy every weekend. We had a little efficiency apartment out there. And Rupert Murdoch bought the station that I was at and cleaned out the newsroom. I mean, who thought? Who would have thought Rupert Murdoch could run a news operation without me? Right. But, <laughs> Shocking. Nancy, but he, Nancy Nelson, stunning, if you're just tuning in. Stunning. And he decided he could. I got a call from, at that time, a couple of the biggest producers in Hollywood, and they had been contracted by J.C. Penny Television, J.C. Penny Stores, to create an infomercial network, a, a product network like QVC right. or HSN. They called me, and... I went over to meet them because of who they were, and they offered me the job on the spot. And I said, if you can imagine, with I, oh, no, no, 
I'm a journalist. I'm a journalist. Oh, I'm I above just, this. I just finished yeah. doing the news. I'm going to seek news. And they said, well, we'd like to pay you this. And I said, this is a dream come true. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. It's what I've always wanted right. to do. Where right. have you been? And so the that was on the air for about two and a half years. And then JCPenney pulled the financial plug. And then I got a call from Ron Popeil. Oh, I was going to say, Ron Popeil, wow. he's the king of, of the infomercials. And, and, and Ron said, <laughs> typical of Ron, Hello, is this Nancy Nelson? Yes, it is. I'm sure you know who I am. This is Ron Popeil. <laughs> <laughs> I do, by yes. And- but we were looking at what at one of your uh, infomercials, and there is something just um, so open in your smile that I you automatically. I would trust anything you were telling me to buy. Sweet. No, that's really, I can see why you Here's were so good at it. You guys are so good here. And at the other end of this microphone where they never see your face, they love you because you talk to them. And they know you're happy and they know you're joyous and you make them feel better. And it's it comes from in here with mm-hmm. you guys. Well, with me too. I just... I have loved every single minute of everything I've ever been allowed to do. Oh, wonderful. And, and, I and I either smile at them or I stand and jump up and down like an idiot because I'm so excited to be yeah. there. How lovely. But but that's it. Yeah. You guys are a success oh. because you say, hi guys, come on in here. Let me put my arm around you. I want to be your friend. And you do want to be their friend and they feel you are mm-hmm. because that's your characteristic. And um, I got good advice and rode with mine. Yeah, I guess that I, is I, true I, to be okay, yourself. Okay, I of course want to know, all right, Nancy Nelson, the play is Love Letters. There's only four performances at Chanesson Dinner Theater. How exciting. If Now, after this, because you are an actor, too, yeah. do you think you'll be in more plays at the Chan? Oh, I could never speak to that. Okay. No. He, but yeah. here's the deal. At Chan Hassan Dinner Theaters, of course, uh, Don and I are doing a non-musical. The musical that's up now is Footloose. Yes, yeah, it is. So good. It is astonishing. Yes. But every one of the shows they do is astonishing. I don't have one scintilla of the talent that any one of those people up there on the stage has. But you do for this two-person. I'm thinking Brian Cranston and Sally Field did this during covid yes yeah, uh, you they, could see uh, it on, online on yeah yeah, yeah you right. could see it online. and i think sally field did it here at the burnsville um playhouse or whatever uh, uh, with 10 jo- years ago with johnny command yes at the, johnny, at the, command. Jo- johnny, johnny played the, yes. the male part mm-hmm. that don yes. is taking um sally fields and yes. and um he and they have been friends forever and ever she of course from uh archie Some- Oh, Sally Struthers. Oh, Sally Sally Struthers. I said long. I'm the wrong one. Yeah, you said the wrong one. Sally Field did it with Brian Cranston. Blame it on Julia. She was wrong. Julia was wrong. You were wrong. I always am. Sally Struthers. (laughs) And Johnny Command and Sally Struthers did it at Bloomington Civic Theater. As a matter of fact, um, Johnny and his his husband, John, called um, because it was coming up on Johnny's birthday. And um, we're talking. And Johnny is bigger than life. And I said, guess what I'm going to do? And he said, I don't know. I said, I'm going to do love letters at Chan Hassan Dinner Theaters. And guess who I'm doing it with? And Johnny said, me. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. But You're... with Don Shelby, this will be so fun. It's so wonderful. Don is so talented. And you oh, are, too. We so know are that. You. You're just you're just. Uh... Can I put in a plug before Please. you say goodbye? Yes. Um, we're coming up. Well, it's a ways away. It's not until March. Okay. But if you have ever thought of or explored and wondered about donating an organ to someone, please do that. 
And you know why? Because it's the best gift you can give yourself. Um, it's not terrible. It's not awful. And so if it ever comes across your path or seek it out, better yet, seek it out, donate an organ. You donated a kidney. I did. Yes, I remember I this. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I'm sure everybody at Chan Hassan Dinner Theaters right now is sitting there listening, thinking, well, we she, didn't send her over there to talk about donating right. a kidney. That's for <laughs> sure. ever stop. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, it's we'll have you different. on again and we you can abs- tell us about that. Absolutely. It's so delightful, Nancy, to it see you again. It is my honor. It is my honor. You know, it's a kick for... I don't care how long I've been in the business. I sit there and I listen to you guys and I think... I think I just want to be there with them. I just want to thank you for letting me be here with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. All right. We got to take a quick break. Love letters at Chan. We'll be right back. Lizzo is in town. It is a hot, hot, hot ticket at the Excel Energy Center. Lotto is opening. And guess what uh, gets released today, Tuesday, October 11th? Lizzo, she's the cover for the November issue of Vanity oh, Fair. Yeah. My gosh, they've had like three dull covers in a row. Finally, I'm going to be... I mean, I always like what they have in the magazine. Yeah. But she's the November issue. It's really a cool picture. Stunning. It's And she, they call her the showstopper. Of course. And, um, of course, um, I kind of have been peeking at everywhere that she's been playing. And she's getting rave reviews and um i can only imagine can only imagine and she you know clap back at uh, uh you know uh, what's his name uh, the master say. of disaster yeah. so really wonderfully beautifully uh, beautifully the other day but it's interesting in this vanity fair and again thanks for posting the cover um mm-hmm. for us but it's an interesting really a great profile and um Here's a couple of highlights uh, of what she says. First of all, she talks about, um, uh, she's asked about abortion. And because remember when um, the Dobbs decision was handed down, she immediately donated $500,000 to Planned Parenthood and Live Nation matched it. Mm -hmm. And she's absolutely right what what she says uh, in this interview. After that SCOTUS news broke, she told Vanity Fair, she said um, she wants to know what the real steps are as far as what they're planning to take for reproductive rights. She said, I don't know what they're doing. I see that they're listening. She's talking about the Biden administration, Mm -hmm. but we're in a post thoughts and prayers society. Thoughts and prayers just don't bleep and cut it anymore. Um, And she's a hundred percent um correct because she said you know she said it's about power and control and it's always been about power and control and you know white white supremacy reigning over your body and people are complicit and helping uphold it and it's just it's she goes really into it and even though she said listen i haven't had an abortion you don't need to have had an abortion no to have a personal connection to advocate it for it because we don't create laws that support people having health care. And now we have this. And so she really goes in and she's so thoughtful. And the other thoughtful uh, thing, that, and I do like that. I do think we're in a post-thoughts and bleeping prayers moment. She also talks about the biggest criticism that she's received. She said, and it's such a critical conversation when it comes to black artists. When black people see a lot of white people in the audience, they think, well, this isn't for me. This is for them. 
She said, the thing is, when a black artist reaches a certain level of popularity, it's going to be a large, a, a lot of white Right. Proud. She right. continued. She said, I'm not making music for white people. I'm a black woman. I'm making music from my black experience. And she said, she said, I heal myself from the experience we call life. Doing a little Prince quote there. Yes. And uh, she said, uh, she also talked about when single ladies came out. She was like, I want to look like a dancer. And I want to be. You know, and to me, it felt like a very political and feminist thing for me to dress my big black body. This is Lizzo speaking. Yes, 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 yes. Wearing leotards, showing and celebrating. And yet at the same time, I know I have so much strength and endurance and flexibility to dance the way I do. Mm -hmm. I carry a big body, you know, she just she does. And so she she's performed in this look since 2014. And for her, it's all about empowerment, even though she gets, you know, constantly, constantly slammed. Yes. She said she told Vanity Fair um, she uh, she addressed. What do you say about the fat phobic critics? And she said, bleep them. She said, when it's sexual, it's mine. When it's sexualized, someone is doing it to me or taking away from me. Black women are hypersexualized all the time and masculinized simultaneously because of the structure of racism if you're thinner and lighter or your features are narrow you're closer to being a woman and you know viola davis talked about this in a thing about that she was basically told by hollywood you're too black you're too dark and you're too big no one will cast right, you. Right, I remember that. Mm-hmm. She just talked about that again, you know, about that her dark skin was yes. so off-putting. And so anyway, if you want to get the November of issue, uh, maybe this newsstand issue, Fair. yeah, yes. when it comes out, it's going to be good. But it sounds um, like uh, Lizzo is, you know, going in deep with the reporter and talking about everything. And we always love that. And... People are going to have such a good so time at her show tonight. tonight. It's so much fun tonight. Really, really and truly. We're, we're, <clears throat> we're going to be pea green with envy. I, I'm already having I, FOMO. Yeah. I, we've worked. Th- yeah. Yeah. I no, mean, I know. It. And I, I could have got a ticket. And for what? I, I don't know why I'm being um, a cheap with my concert dollars. Well, you're going to a big one this weekend. too. Well, I know. I think I, it's just uh, I, 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 I just think um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I could still go. You still I, could. The you night is still young. Still still my, my row, first row <laughs> ticket is available. I looked. It's only four o'clock. Empty seat. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Hey.